Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting around the world on the World Wide Web. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Oh yeah. Broadcasting live from the Josie Network Studios in downtown Medina, Tennessee. It's that time of week again. It's time for the Josie Show. Bringing you the most exciting music news and guests from around the world. Right here on the Josie Show. Please make welcome the beautiful Hallelujah. The lovely America's Radio Sweetheart, Mrs. Josie Assentino Boone. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. We have a great show for you all. We have some very talented guests who I am sure y'all are all familiar with. We have Grammy Award winner singer-songwriter Paul Overstreet. And Bob Malden, who is a TV host for Expedition Texas. He's also a singer-songwriter himself, so we're going to have both of these incredible, incredible artists join us here today. So please stay tuned in for the whole show. You are not going to want to miss a second. I promise you, it's gum. It's a good one. It's a, <laughs> it's a good one, y'all. So let's start off with our first interview. I'll bring you Paul Overstreet. Please welcome my guest, Paul Overstreet. Hello. Hello, Josie. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. I truly appreciate your time. I'm glad I could do it. Oh. I was just, uh, my wife's telling me you can do it tomorrow or the next day. I said, let's do it now. <laughs> I love that. You do not waste any time. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad. I'm really glad. And you had a very busy day yesterday. Yesterday was a good one because I seen that you performed with Tanya Tucker at the Ryman to celebrate the 50th anniversary of her iconic hit, Delta Dawn. Was it a great show? I'm sure it was. You know, it was like, it was a, a little over two hours. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed. Tanya just, she did it. She, she didn't miss a lick. You know, she was all, she was a great performer as she always mm-hmm. is. And uh, she, man, when she takes the stage, she's serious about it. And mm-hmm. she did a great job. And I was glad that I got to be a part of it and, and seeing I Won't Take Less Than Your Love with her. Gosh, I wish I was there. <laughs> it sounds like it was a good show. It really was. Oh. So did the original record, she and I and Paul Davis. And Paul had passed on. So mm-hmm. I sang Martin in my part, which was the last verse, Tanya. Oh. sang the middle. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, that sounds like a great show. Um, I'm glad you were able to do that. I want to talk about this because I've been hearing through the grapevine that a new beach project, a new beach CD is perhaps in the works. Oh, you know, I just now, I mean, right right before I called you, I uh, burned a little, I burned a copy of it. It's it's finally done, Mm -hmm. ready, songs are ready, I'm pretty sure. But I'll listen to them in my car when I'm driving, and that'll give me an end indication of I think everything's good so I heard a rock and roll guy say one time I never released an album I've always given up on them (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I kind of feel that way. I'm kind of a perfectionist about it, and I just, I work at so many, I just stay with it so long, but my wife gets really frustrated. She's like, I need that CD. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be a good one. I, I'm, you know, I'm still uh, jamming to Somewhere in the Caribbean, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, to me, that was a great, that was just an album that just kind of happened and came together. Yeah. And so many different songs on it, like, it took us such a long period of time to do. So, it, so has this new one. Mm-hmm. But I had my son, Cord, on there, you know, just stuff that we'd sit down and write and and all my friends that I'd written songs with. And kind of this album is the same. It's just kind of songs that came from, some are old that could have gone on the Somewhere in the Caribbean album, but I just brought them forward and updated them a little bit. And so they're, they fit this record. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I love that. So this new project, how are you able to pick and choose what songs go onto an album? Because I'm sure you have a huge, <laughs> a huge book full of, uh, of songs that you've written. Oh, golly, you know, I'm still, I'm still not sure. I mean, right now I've got 16 songs. (laughs) I mean, they're all completed, and I'm just, I don't know if I'll just put them all on there, if I'll save some, pull some back for another CD or what, but it might, might be too many songs for people to listen to. They might get tired. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Oh, that would be big. Yeah, I've got quite a few songs on this one, so. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm sure this will be available everywhere. Music is sold and streamed. Um, but what I also love about you is if you go on, on your website, pauloverstreet.com, you also have um, a place where you can get a physical copy. And I love CDs. <laughs> I love getting my hands on a physical copy. Oh. So that's pretty See, cool. That's, that's good because I don't know. My, all my kids tell me, that Dad, nobody buys CDs anymore. They're all <laughs> It's all streaming. And, and I went, well, my, my people do. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, so, well, streaming is, is huge, but there's also people people like me that really love that physical copy that they're able to just, you know, put in their car and just jam out to, which is a really a great thing. So I'm so excited about the upcoming album. And for those who want to hear your latest, Somewhere in the Caribbean, that's available everywhere. It's also at your website. And there's also a bonus track. Uh, Buffett would love it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a fun song. Mike Loudermilk and I wrote that. And he played all the instruments on it, built the track. And then I did the vocals. So it's he's a great player, too. He's just a, a really talented guy. And um, also, the, I've seen that the title cut one song of the year at the 2020 TRMA Awards, Somewhere in the Caribbean. So congratulations on that. Well-deserved. Yes, that song was written in the Cayman Islands, Somewhere in the Caribbean. Um, mm-hmm. Scotty Emmerich and I were down there just kind of on a riding trip. And we were sitting on the beach, and I was telling him, I said, we should take the word Caribbean and just play with that and see how many things we can make sound like Caribbean. And so that was the fun part of that course. Yeah. (laughs) You don't care about being anymore. Like, you don't care about seeing. And it's stuff like that. We were just doing little phrases that kind of sounded like Caribbean. And it's fun. I mean, to me, it was a lot. It's it's just a fun thing to if you're a wordsmith, you know, a word mm-hmm. person, you kind of love doing those little turns and twists. So. Yes. It's oh. fun. So, and then the mood is great, too. I love the, the rhythm, the rhythm musically that we came up with for it. It just kind of puts me in a real, I don't know, I love the chords, you know, the major sevens and, mm-hmm. and just different chords we used. It's, it, to me, it's musically pleasant as well. 
It really is. It really is. It's something you could really enjoy. I think everybody will enjoy, you know, the music that you put out. And you are a Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter, so I'd love to know your process to songwriting, because I know for everyone it's a little different. Everyone has their own style. Oh, yes, and uh, I'm not really sure what my style is. Right, you just <laughs> you just go with it. <laughs> I kind of do, you know, it just something hits me. and uh, But I do, you know... I used to think that I was just making myself do it. So it was just a job, you know? Yeah. But I realize now that this is something that I was, I think, gifted to do at an early age. Because when I was, like, at home as a kid, my mom, I was the last one out of my family, youngest. And I was, so I was still at home when all the other kids would go to school. Mm-hmm. And I'd be with my mom, and she'd be listening to these country stations, you know, and all these country guys singing. And somehow I could just know, I almost knew what the next line was going to be, the rhyme word, you know, where it was going. Even, I mean, for, I, this is like an early member, probably four, five years old. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, I just, but I just always felt like maybe that I was, I, I maybe gifted to do it, but whatever the, whatever the thing is, this is what I do. Yeah, I could have done other things in life, other jobs, you know, but, but this is a job I love. Right. There's nothing better than doing something that you genuinely love and get a thrill out of, you know. So, And it seems like just through your music, I could tell that you love it. You genuinely love it. Growing in a musical family and music being around you, I mean, what a great way to grow up <laughs> and live, you know. Yeah, I learned a lot from my, you know, from my siblings. And they were always, I mean, I think all of our family was kind of gifted singing-wise. My sister played piano. My mother played piano. My dad, he would lead singing so every and my older brother he could sing i always liked his singing i think i was i probably wanted to sing like him more than anybody we lost him just last year it's sad but, oh, but okay. he, he he had a he, he had a good influence on me in uh, in life and so he was kind of my mentor in a lot of ways yeah uh, but i think i learned guitar from my brother-in-law and from my brother he bought electric guitar and i was Mm-hmm. listening to old records and then learning how to play them. I think it's just, that was just, just the music has been a real special part of my life. And I think everybody kind of has something that music meant to them in life because it, it does, I don't know, it's kind of like uh, the food of, you know, that kind of feeds your soul. Yeah, it really does. That's a good way. That's a good way of uh, explaining that. Yeah, it really is. Over the years, I mean, you've written hits for artists like, you know, Randy Travis, Blake Shelton, Ronnie Millsap, George Jones. I mean, I'm sure you have many stories. Um, is there a standout moment or a story with one of these artists that, you know, you loved working with? Is there, is there you know, a great memory that you could share with us here? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, quite a few. I hear some funny stories. Yeah. I can tell you, but <laughs> forever and ever, after we wrote the song and we demo, I did the demo and sang it. And we played, we played a, the demo just at our little publishing company. We just had like a little closet. It was very small. The guy that had, was putting the publishing thing together, he James Stroud. He's a drummer, so he was in there. Had one mic on his snare, one on the kick drum, and I played acoustic in this little closet. We put it on this 12 track Akai tape, and then I went in and did the vocal stuff like that. Well. When Randy and them heard it, they wanted to record it right away. 
Randy and Kyle Lenning. And then Kyle called me and he said, man, we can't get the drums like that demo. Can we get that drum track from you guys? And I said, man, that drum track is just two microphones. <laughs> you know, nowadays everything's mic like the whole, the whole room and everything is. So we're going on a Kai 12 track tape, which was like on a beta tape that we recorded on. And I said, you don't want that. So he finally got it. You know, he finally got somebody to come in and play the drums the way it's supposed to be. And then he called me to sing the backgrounds, but he, he called me and Paul Davis. We were going to sing them, and we went out there to sing the backgrounds. And with Randy and Paul, he just went and got a rod and reel and went out to the pond and started fishing <laughs> and left me there to do all the backgrounds by myself. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, if you listen for whatever, I'm singing the background on that record. Wow, that is so cool. <laughs> That's amazing. And another another story was with like uh, Randy Travis. Also, it's the first time I heard. We had a song called uh, "On the Other Hand." It's the first song he recorded, and I was, you know, I was about to do my record deal, and all of a sudden, Randy was a little ahead of me going in the studio. But I didn't even know Randy. We'd never heard of him. But Don Slitz, his publishing guy, Steve, he pitched it to Kyle. Uh, he pitched it to Kyle Lenning for Dan Seals. Kyle calls back and he goes, "I like the song, but I don't hear it for Dan Seals. Um, but I hear it for this new artist I'm recording." And when I heard that, I was like. No, no, no. If you're going to do it on a new artist, I might as well keep it and put it on my record first. And then, no, I was one day, I was riding down Music Row, and I just remembered a little Bible verse went through my head that said, it's more blessed to give than receive. So I said, I released it at that point. I went, you guys can have it, you know, go ahead. But I don't know that I could have stopped it anyway because all the other team, you know, they were all into letting them have it. So I probably would have just had to be up against the wall trying to keep it. But anyway, five million albums. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, that Bible verse was really helpful. Amen. <laughs> Woo. And then, man, God's good. God knows finances. You know, Lord, <laughs> that it was good to have a big record like that. But when I first heard the record that they cut on it, mm-hmm. I was in our legal office and I and it was and. Uh, I mean, our publishing and legal office, Randy's legal office, his lawyer was downstairs, and I heard it through the floor, and I went, wait, what is, that's our song. So I went downstairs and stood outside the door and listened. When it was finished, I knocked on the door, stuck my head in, and I said, man, that's the best country record I have heard in years. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I met Randy. Wow. <laughs> and it, I thought that, too, because it was such a great country record. Oh, it really was. You, I'm sure you have so many stories. If you haven't written a book yet about all of your stories that you have, you kind of need to because I'd be the first to buy. <laughs> well, I, I, that's that's a good point. I hadn't thought about doing that. There's a lot of fun stories. There is. I'm telling you, there needs to be there needs to be a book just full of your of your stories and your adventures over the years. Um, I think I think that would be a hit. I, I for sure would love to to read that myself. I think I think it's so cool everything that you were able to do and work with so many incredible artists out there. And you know, like I mentioned, you're an, a Grammy award winning singer songwriter. What was that moment like? I always want to know. Like, what is that moment like when an artist is able to 
get like I mean the prestigious Grammy Award. What was that moment like for you? Out of body? What was that like? Well, it was kind of weird for me. You know, we went to the Grammy Awards and we were nominated. Yeah. You know, you never know if you're going to win or not, but you just know that going is a, a whole other thing. So I had to try to figure out what kind of clothes to wear and all that stuff. It kind of, you know, it puts, it puts you in a whole different mode. Because I was writing songs just because I wanted to write songs. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking about awards and stuff. But yeah. anyway, we were up against, with Forever and Ever Amen, we were up against All My Exes Live in Texas. Mm. And I love that song. Yeah. Everybody loved that song. And I went, wow, I don't know. If we were, I don't think, I don't <laughs> think we're going to win. So I didn't really prepare, you know, anything I didn't write anything down because I I'm not really good at that stuff anyway. I'd rather shoot from the hip, but mm-hmm. but that's probably not a good thing. <laughs> that's <laughs> when, so when it got our turn, I was really nervous. I realized my hands started sweating, and I was like, "What is that all about?" Right. So what is going on? And we go up there and we win. It came our section, and we win. And I walked on stage, and I you know I was like, so I you know. Uh, I grew up on the Gulf Coast down in Mississippi, so yeah. it's kind of natural that I would think like this. But right before I went up there, I just said, God, I said, give me something. I said, I don't have a clue what to say, but give me something, you know, I don't know, maybe witty or something humorous to say or something. <laughs> anyway, just help me through this. And so I went up there, and, and then when I walked up to the mic, in our our section of country, it was the only section of country music they showed on national TV. So I walk up there and I said, I'd like to take my wife and my kids. They're back at the motel. The whole room starts laughing. And I know I'm, I mean, there's like anyone <laughs> sitting like down the front row. They're all laughing, you know, and, and I think Michael Jackson had been on the show doing some kind of thing earlier. And it's yeah. Just, it was all these people that I'd grown up just knowing their music and thinking they were great. And then I tried to correct what I said. I said, no, my wife's here. Because I was sitting with her. I said, my wife's here. The kids are back in the motel. And everybody starts laughing again. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what they're laughing at. Oh, no. So I, get back, I get back to the room and my wife's cousin, he was there with our, watching our kids. And he goes, Paul, there are no motels in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> the nerves. Blame it on the nerves. They were like, oh, this is the real deal here. <laughs> That's so <laughs> funny. Country, country, <laughs> That is too funny. Uh, and was, I was so embarrassed when I right. realized that. But they were laughing at it. But, you know, I prayed for something humorous to say. You did it. You know? <laughs> but it's a, so, I, man, I tossed and turned all night just being embarrassed. And finally, <laughs> I just get up the next day. We're leaving. Get to the check out counter and a little girl behind there says hey i saw you on tv last night and i went wow why would she remember me <laughs> she, goes, she goes yeah you called the new york hip in the motel <laughs> and then she said you were just kidding right <laughs> yes yes i was <laughs> and i'm like uh, oh. i didn't i wanted to buy but i I just realized at that point, you know, God had answered my prayer. Yes, yeah, <laughs> what you pray. Right. Oh, that is hilarious. Well, hey, you know what? People remembered you. See? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the girl that run <laughs> <laughs> Right? 
Oh, that is so funny. Oh my goodness. Well, what I see, that's a great that's a great memory to share. Like I said, you need a book. Um and I want other people to be able to find you and keep up with everything that you are doing. So can you please give out your website and also you're all over social networking sites as well, like Facebook. Yeah, yeah, we're Paul Over Street Music Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's our page. And then we have just started working with Time Live. Mm-hmm. And there's our YouTube page. So now we have a a YouTube page, and Time Life is kind of helping us run all that stuff, and they're very good. So our stuff is going to be a little more available. Also, com is our website. All our stuff's available there. Paula Street Music, Facebook. It's a good place to follow us because then you know what we're doing, what kind of events we're doing, and things like that. Yes, you actually have a show coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, well, we're going to do a, We're doing something unusual. We're going to Mexico yes. with some with like a hundred friends of ours from our Facebook thing, people that just wanted to go. And so we'll go down there for a week and we'll do wine tastings and we'll have shows. My daughter Summer is coming. She's with the Chattahoochees. Yes. And she's a really, really good writer. She's got um, Jake Owens. She's got a song out by him right now. That's awesome. It's a, it's a single called um, She's a Little Up There Down Here, which is a really, really good song. Mm-hmm. And she'll be with us, and so we'll be having fun there for a little bit, and then we'll, and then from there we go to Palm Coast, play Palm Coast, and then I think go to Isla Mirada. Me and Scotty Emmerich are going to play a little corporate thing down in Isla Mirada, and and then from there I'm not sure where I'm going. I yeah, I just I know those are the nearest ones. Yeah, those up. are upcoming. Absolutely, absolutely. And if people wanted to keep in touch, you know, they definitely could find all of your dates, you know, on Facebook and also your website that you mentioned. So please do. You guys got to see Paul Overstreet live. And also, we need to check out your daughter Summer. She sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah, check her out. Check out the Chattahoochees. They've got a lot of funny songs. And uh, now our daughter Charity has just joined them, and so she's working with so it's Summer and Charity. Three really talented girls, and there's check them out, Chattahoochees. Chattahoochees, check them out, everybody. That's amazing. You got you got such a musical family of your own. I mean, there's a whole line of uh, Overstreets because I know also your son Cord is an artist as well. So I mean, just just a huge line of just some talented, talented folks. Cord's in Mexico filming that show Acapulco. Right, right. Having fun, he said. He, he said the set. He said like he likes he likes comedy, so he like he's they're they're giving him a little freedom on on some of the you know filming. For him, him to have a little fun with that, and so he's he's kind of enjoying it. So there, he's down there like for three months, you know, when they're filming. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. Y'all have to check out all the Overstreets, Summer Charity and Court, of course, and Paul Overstreet. Everybody, please make sure you. Stay tuned because that new CD is going to be awesome. I can't wait to check it out, and we'll also share it on all of our social networking sites and advertise it here on the on the show as well once it has a release date and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, my oldest son Nash was in Hot Show Ray. They have are they still they're still doing music? Yeah. And they have a big hit called Tonight Tonight in the Pop World. So our family just kind of migrated to the arts my daughter sky is working for a management company and she does day to day for artists like michael mcdonald and i think she's working with maybe the doobies i mean either the doobies or uh, leonard skinner and some of those people she's just all into but she's always wanted to be a manager so i thought it was interesting that she's she's found her place 
That is so interesting. My goodness, I got to tell you, uh, Thanksgivings and Christmases over over by you guys just full of just entertainment, I'm sure. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that. <laughs> uh, you come join us. There you go. I'm I'm invited. I'm coming next time. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, we just we just adore you and everyone. Please make sure you check out Paul Overstreet everywhere. And thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate chatting with you. <laughs> Welcome and thanks for having me on your show. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, Paul was such a joy to talk to. Everyone, please make sure you check out Paul Overstreet everywhere. And also, just his family is just so talented. Check out all the overstreets. I'm telling you, just one after the next, just full of talent in that, uh, in that family. I love it so, so much, and, and just great, great people. So please make sure you check them out. And my next guest is Bob Malden. So I'd love to bring you that interview right now. Here we go. Please welcome to the Josie Show, my guest, Bob Malden. Hi. Hi, Josie. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. I'm so excited to talk to you. Well, I'm excited to talk to you, too. We have a lot to talk about. We do. <laughs> you wear many hats. You really do. I was going through your bio. You have so many different things that you have going on in your world, and we're going we're gonna to touch on a lot of it here during the interview. You know, you're best known for being the host and executive producer of TV's Expedition Texas. For those who have not seen this, can you tell us a little bit about it? Sounds like a lot of fun. Well, it's kind of born out of a natural curiosity we all have. We mm-hmm. drive by old abandoned buildings or yeah. see a ghost town as we travel, and we wonder, like, what, what's the story of this place, you know? And like, and, and we always ask, you know, man, if those walls could talk, what would they say? <laughs> well, on Expedition Texas, the whole point of it is they do. Uh, we make those walls talk. We go explore abandoned buildings and ghost towns and lost history, and, and we tell the stories of those places with either people who had some sort of connection to them or historians, and we, we explore them. So it's a little bit of that kind of urban exploration thing that people love, but we do it with permission and with the story that goes with it. So we tell the story of this lost history in Texas. It's uh, incredible. I'm such a history buff. I love history, and I just love finding out about just these historic, rich places. And so this is a show that is very, very intriguing to me. And is there a favorite place of yours in Texas with a rich history that you've explored that you would recommend to tourists to visit? What's been your favorite, do you feel? Well, or stand you out? Know, one of the things about our show is that it's, everything's kind of off the beaten path. So right. these are places that normally we're taking our cameras and our viewers into places that normally they couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, a, in an effort to kind of, you know, show people places they can go, there's usually a segment in the show where we'll highlight like a local spot that they can visit. But for the most part, right. the places we go are places they wouldn't get to see otherwise. Uh, and so I do have a lot of favorites. I mean, there have been – we're going into our 10th year, and mm-hmm. there have been some places that we've seen that I would love to go back to and check out. So in our 10th season or our 10th year coming up, our it's our nearly 20th season – uh, coming up this fall, we're going to go back and revisit some of the places from our first season and kind of catch up and see how they're doing. So I think, you know, and the show's on YouTube, and you can go kind of check out some of these places uh, that we visited, but uh, there's so much, and we've seen so many places, that, and there's so many stories, it's really hard to pick a favorite. Right, I hear you. Would you like to explore outside of Texas at some point? Would that be, you know, a possibility? We've floated the, uh, the concept a little bit and have mm-hmm. even talked to some uh, some places that we would like to visit, potentially uh, pitch a, a broader version of the show, not called Expedition Texas. We would come up with something else, obviously, uh, and, and explore the entire United States because one of the things I've always wanted to feature on the show and one of the things we just don't have in Texas right now 
is an abandoned amusement park. Yes. You know, I love that, you know, like a place that was once so full of fun and laughter and noise that, that's just dead quiet now, you know, mm-hmm. and we would love to do that, but we just don't have any time they've uh, left one in Texas after a certain amount of time, it's just been torn down. So right. it's not there anymore. Nothing to see. Oh, which is so unfortunate, right? I mean, just, uh, it is. <laughs> yeah. I it, mean, I've seen an excellent documentary on Six Flags New Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which would be a great thing to to feature at some point, but, uh, you know, there's just, there's so many places like that. A place my parents took me when I was a little kid, Dogpatch USA, which is one of, yeah. the, one of the things that's got me interested in doing something like this is someone had, had trespassed, basically, and got onto the <laughs> property and took pictures, you know? Right. <laughs> and, and if I'm into that kind of thing, other people are into that kind of thing, too, but we, we always get permission. We don't we don't trespass, but right. uh, we definitely go into some places that people wouldn't be able to see otherwise. Absolutely. There's such a big fan base because people are just so curious. You know what I mean? People oh, yeah. want to know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they, they want to be able to see these places without getting shot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Safe space. Yes. <laughs> For sure. For sure. And another really cool thing about you is you are a singer-songwriter with a new album, Colfax 1985. What might our listeners find on this album? It's so good. Probably uh, the closest thing I've been able to come to creating the music the way I hear it in my head when I write these songs. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it took a long time to get it that way. And, you know, music's kind of been a part of my life, predating even my radio career, which started over 20 years ago, mm-hmm. gosh, over 30 years, almost 30 years ago now. Um, and I was doing this stuff since I was a, since I first learned to play guitar as a teenager and, and uh, writing songs. And then just over the years, opportunities came up to, to record. And I've done a few albums over the years. And this one, to me, is probably the, the one that I was most hands-on with. And, right. and uh, it plays more, more of me than any, any album I've done in the past. So I'm very proud of it. Yeah, that makes it extra special when you got your, you know, when you're able to put your your touches to it. And from start to finish, how long did this album take to complete? Would you say? Well, it, it really started in 2019. I had another album come out called Summer Days. Yeah. I had written the title song called Fact 85 mm-hmm. around the time that that album came out, but it didn't really fit with any even the sound of that album. This was a Call Fact 1985 is a very kind of acoustic, kind mm-hmm. of dark sounding song and and uh, very raw, and, you know, it didn't fit that album, so I'm going to sit on this and maybe do another album. Well, then I had a, a pretty big opportunity come up as a producer and host for a, a pro wrestling TV show, believe it or not, yes. and uh, and that was a, a big opportunity, and it would have been kind of a good financial way to spend my time with my company, so mm-hmm. we ended up taking that, that project and worked on it for about two years, and during that time, I was away from the music pretty much completely. Right. Um, but I would still write occasionally, you know, and I'd still tinker with older songs occasionally. And then once that uh, that project ended, I was able to start recording some of the songs that had kind of been trickling out over that time and, and come up with all these companion songs to go on Callbacks 1985 and, and put it with that song and uh, and end up having 10 songs that I'm really proud of here that all kind of fit that same uh, sort of theme, which is home and family and kind of just, you know, good memories and story songs, and it all sort of kind of uh, has that feel to it. Yes. Oh, it's wonderful. Music has been like an old friend of yours, just calling you back, like, come back, Bob. <laughs> I'm still here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I often joke with people that I have career ADD, like I'm coming in and out of projects and ideas and, and yeah. different things so fast sometimes that 
that, yeah, the music, it, it definitely revisits often and is always a part of things. Yes, and as you mentioned, songwriting is a big part of your career. Can you tell us about your songwriting process? How does that usually work for you? Because I know so many people have so many different ways that they do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I, I never never would be the kind of guy who could just go in and, and have an 8 to 5, sit down, you know, let's write a song today kind of job. I never co-write either. Not that I don't think the other writers are great. It's just mm-hmm. that the songs come to me as uh, sometimes complete form. I mean, there's been times I, I would wake up with a complete song in my head, and I just need to go, like, make sense of this thing or figure out the chord progression that gets this melody that I'm hearing in my head, you know. Uh, and so I do it that way. I write a lot of songs about personal experiences, and if I don't have some sort of connection to it in some way it just doesn't come out of me so everything that, that i write and i know a lot of writers in this way i'm not unique in that respect but mm-hmm. uh you know it just it has to have some sort of personal connection and usually it ends up making a better song than it does right it's, it's so true and you know i i'm sure our listeners now hearing hearing all of this are like where can we get this where can we get this album so where do our listeners find this new album colfax 1985 where are the best platforms would you say well uh, any of them, really, whichever one is your favorite. Our distributor is amazing. They've been able to get us uh, on almost all of the streaming and uh, mm-hmm. platforms you can download or stream music. Basically, go to your favorite one, type in Bob Malden or Callfax 85 and, and find uh, the album because you can get it there. Uh, we also have physical product available at BobMalden.com. We'll ship it anywhere in the world or find it if you want us to, anything like that. Uh, but it's, it's available pretty much anywhere you get music. I mean, even retailers have access to the music through the distributor. If you did want physical copies of the CD, that, that's a thing. We, we went ahead and did that this time. We, we stopped short of doing vinyl, but that wasn't because we didn't want to. It was because of uh, the turnaround times right now. Apparently there's a shortage yeah. uh, of some kind that has kept, that's made the turnaround time like they wouldn't have had the, uh, the album ready until September. And, and didn't fit with, like, when we were available to tour, so we just didn't do the vinyl this time. Right. Hey, next time. There's <laughs> always next yeah. time. But it's you are everywhere. It's a dream of mine to have something I created on vinyl, but I just haven't done it yet. Hey, it'll happen. It definitely will. And, and you know, until then, the, you're everywhere. <laughs> really, honestly, you are all over the place. People will be able to find Colfax 1985, and I hope they do. And are there any thoughts on a music video, perhaps, for any songs off of this album? We actually uh, created a... Uh, I called it a quickie music video because it was just mm-hmm. something we threw together very quick last year for one of the songs called The Cutting and Kid. Uh, mm-hmm. And the reason we did that is because it was kind of a uh, a big deal for me because on that particular song, I have my father singing with me as well as three of my sons. So oh. uh, my boys, Jacob, Ryan, and Clay, are singing with me on that. And it was kind of special to me, so I wanted to kind of document having them all in the studio. And so we sort of did a studio we mixed it together with images of my grandfather, and so it was it was us singing a song about uh, my dad's dad, uh, and we so we had us all all on that. So three generations, uh, four generations really, of uh, Malden singing on that song, I'm Cutting Kid. We do have a video in the works that we've been shooting for nearly a year uh, that we're shooting on Super 8 film so that it matches old grainy footage from the 80s that we Ooh. have that my grandfather actually shot that will be for a fall release of Colfax 85. So that song will be a single in the fall, and it'll come out then. So we have that footage in the works, and we're also kind of playing with an idea. We, our next single will be Texas in the Chevy, uh, which will come out in May for the summer, and we're uh, looking to do a video on that one as well.
Oh, I can't wait. I'm such a visual person. I am ready. <laughs> I love me a music video. That's amazing. And I love how musical your family is. You know what I mean? I, I think that's so cool. I always say a family that sings together stays together. <laughs> yeah, well, I dragged them into it, see, they. Oh, <laughs> there's a secret. Really, the singer in our family is my youngest son, Clay. He turned really? 10 this month. And uh, he's every chance that I get to get him on stage with me at a show, he'll come up and sing. But there's two songs on this album that he sings with me on, and and uh, better than me, so uh, I'm looking Ooh. forward to getting him on stage again. Check it out, y'all. Yes, how fun is that? I love that. And yeah. everyone can find you at bobmalden.com. That's your website, your one-stop shop for everyone to be able to find everything. And uh, you also have some live shows coming up as well in Texas. So Yeah, yeah, we've got a bunch of those. Uh, we're booking even more. We had a nice little, uh, I think, eight or so dates that we put out there right at first, and then mm-hmm. we've got more in the works to get us through the rest of the summer into the fall. Oh, gosh, I have missed live shows with COVID. That was difficult. So I'm so excited that live shows are back in action, and uh, everyone needs to go and check you out live. So please do, everyone, bobmalden.com. And also, I want to talk about this alter ego, Halloween Harvey. (laughs) Because... Yes, because I'm into horror flicks. Like, that's my favorite thing. I love it so much. Yeah. So this was this interested yeah. me quite a bit. So you do reviews and everything. Can you please tell us about it? Yeah. <laughs> so it's on Retro TV and the Family Channel. These are both networks. They're actually based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, but they're on all over the country. And they still air Harvey's Festival of Fear. That's the name of the show right. uh, where I, as Harvey, uh, host and present these classic B-horror movies. Uh, mm-hmm. And... Uh, these air every week still. We haven't produced any new ones since, I think, early 2019. Really? But uh, we still get people every week finding the show and discovering it. They write in and on the Facebook page and all that that are, you know, that are finding it for the first time. And uh, so, yeah, it's this character, this kind of ghoul character that, mm-hmm. that I came up with that hosts these uh, classic horror films on retro TV every week. So you can still find it. You can still find it. I love that. Uh, you are one interesting human being. I'm telling you, you have so many different things that you do, and you wear so many hats, and you do them so well. So I'm very excited to follow your journey and see what is next for you. And I can't thank you enough for coming on and chatting with me. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me and let me talk about everything we're doing. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And please, before you go, can you give out your social networking sites as well so people can connect? Yes, absolutely. On uh, Facebook and at uh, on Twitter, we're at Bob Malden. And uh, on Facebook, it's at Bob Malden Music if you want to follow the music. And, of course, Expedition Texas is on Facebook and Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find us on there and link up to everything that way. Love it. Check them out, everyone, and check out Expedition Texas. You're going to love it. Uh, and, of course, the new album, Colfax 1985. Bob Malden, everyone, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Ah, another incredible interview. Bob Mulden, he was just absolutely, he's just incredible, incredible person. Both of my guests were just so amazing, so much fun to talk to, such nice guys. It was a pleasure talking to both Paul Overstreet and Bob Mulden. Please make sure you check out both of them right now. Uh, and uh, thank you all so much for tuning in tonight. We really appreciate you tuning in, whether you are listening live at com or later on in iHeartRadio, Spotify, We appreciate it. Thank you so much for sticking with us all these years and listening to our interviews and listening to us here at the Josie Show. And I hope you all tune in next week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Love you all. Bye. (laughs) The Josie Show is copyrighted property of the Josie Network of Brands. 
It may not be duplicated, altered, or edited, sold, or aired without written consent from the Josie Show owners. Any copyright infringement of the Josie Show will be subject to legal actions.